There are times when we just don't know the answer to something, and then at some point, God will give us the answer, and we know we've been given the answer. This happened to me two or three years ago. A lady who worked for me asked me what I thought about homosexuals and lesbians. And I read to her a passage of scripture showing her what God says about homosexuals and lesbians. Then she said to me, but on the talk shows, they frequently say they were just born that way as homosexual or lesbian. I said, well, I know that's not true, but I didn't have an answer for her. A little while later, two or three days after that, God gave me a revelation on this subject to understand it from his point of view, and it's very simple. That revelation is printed in Mark chapter 10, verse 6. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. When a baby is born, you don't have any trouble seeing what sex he is, do you? Even when they take a picture before the baby's born, and now they can show the mother and father the sex of the baby even before the baby's born. And I knew the things the homosexuals were saying was wrong. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. It's very simple. Humans make it very complex, but it's very simple when it comes from God. Romans chapter 1 tells God's view of homosexual lesbian. Start at verse 18. The Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power unto salvation to everyone who believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart 
was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. We see by this scripture the sight of God, in the sight of God, homosexuals and lesbians practice vile affections. All we have to do is basically agree with God. And if a homosexual or lesbian sees this scripture and agrees with God, that homosexual or lesbian will be saved. They will not be able to continue in the homosexual acts. The woman taken in adultery in John chapter 8 was brought before Jesus, and Jesus said to her, Go and sin no more. She wasn't going to be able to continue in adultery. None of us who are born of the Spirit of God will continue in those sins that we practiced before we were born again. But after we're born again, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we're not going to do those sins we did in the past. Unless God should turn us over to a reprobate mind, which is a mind against his judgment without his judgment. And I've seen people turned over to a reprobate mind. It's a very, very bad thing. We had a woman in our church group who really showed signs of godliness. She was with us for 39 years. At the end, she lashed out at me and really attacked me very viciously with her tongue. And... I know she had been turned over to a reprobate mind. But over and over for a decade or so, I had seen her do one thing, make the wrong choices. There were so many times I would tell her something and she would say, I thought of that, but she didn't do it. She didn't make the right choice. She chose another way to go, which was not the way of God. But she thought of the way of God. Finally, it just got really bad. So it's an awful thing when someone is turned over 
to a reprobate mind. But if you will continue to follow the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit shows you and do what the Scriptures show you, that's the key to being on God's highway and going in the way of God. It talks here in Romans about that reprobate mind. If you look at verse 28, Romans 1, 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, this reprobate mind, that is both the homosexuals as well as the adulterers and adulteresses, as you will see in a minute. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, that means they can't be restored. There was a neighbor of mine who was like that. She was a Methodist woman all her life, and she became angry with me over basically nothing. I tried to reconcile, and she wouldn't even listen to me. She said, I want no part of this. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want any part of this, and she just slammed the phone down. She was implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Back to the subject of the homosexual lesbian subject. In the Old Testament, the homosexuals are referred to as sodomites. There are four scriptures referred referring to sodomites, and there's not one time in the Old Testament that sodomites are approved by God. In fact, when the king ran the sodomites out of the city, he was said to do good. When he allowed the sodomites to stay, he was said to do evil in the Old Testament. The scriptures concerning sodomites, 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 24 and there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations, which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. This shows the view of God concerning sodomites. He calls it abominations. He called the lesbians and homosexuals in the New Testament in Romans 1, he turned them over to vile affections, that they would do that which is against nature. First Kings chapter 15 verse 12, and he, the king that was ruling at that time, took away the sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. 1 Kings 22:46 and the remnant of the sodomites which remained in the days of his father 
Asa, he took out of the land. Second Kings 23, 7. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites, which were by the house of the Lord. He broke them down. A Sodomite was never approved by Scripture. By this we can view the heart of God on this matter. In Genesis chapter 19, God sent two angels to the city of Sodom to destroy Sodom. And the remarkable thing about this chapter, when these two angels came into Sodom, now angels don't have wings. They look like just ordinary men. When these two angels came into Sodom, Lot invited them to come into his house for protection. From every quarter of the city of Sodom, men came out, both young and old, to have sex with these two men who had visited Lot whom they thought were men, but they were really angels sent to destroy Sodom. This is a very graphic illustration of the evil of homosexuality. We'll read it. Genesis chapter 19, verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And Lot pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. From every quarter, these men came to have sex with the two men who were visiting Lot. There were homosexuals in every quarter of Lot of Sodom. In every quarter. And God has sent the angels to destroy Sodom. But first the angels have to get Lot out of Sodom because Lot is the nephew of Abraham. And God will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them, that we may have sex with them, is what they're saying. Verse 6, And Lot went out 
at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Lot says, Behold now, I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only to these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Well, these men of Sodom weren't interested in the women. They wanted to have sex with the men. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, that means Lot, and he will needs be a judge. They're saying to Lot, you're just a visitor in Sodom and you came in here to live with us and now you're going to be a judge over us? Verse 9, they said, now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and they came near to break the door. But the angels put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And the angels smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. Angels have great power. They just smote the men with blindness so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. Get out of this wickedness. For we will destroy this place says the angels because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law which married his daughters and said up Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. So they wouldn't listen to Lot. And then when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. There are going to be many evil churches destroyed by God at the Great Tribulation. These are churches where they have changed scripture. If you're sitting in those churches, you're going to be consumed in their iniquity. It is our responsibility to know what the Holy Bible says, the New Testament. Therefore, when we know it, 
we will see when they are going an opposite way. And that's our responsibility. Well, Lot was sitting there in the iniquity, in the, the iniquity of Sodom. Sodom was a very, very pretty place. When, when Lot chose to go to Sodom, he chose it because it was very pleasant to look upon. That's frequently the situation. One of the most beautiful places today is San Francisco. And what is San Francisco like today? It's amazing how evil is subtracted to beauty. Well, the angels warned Lot, you've got to get out of this city before we destroy it or before you're eaten up by the iniquity. Verse 16, and while Lot lingered, the men, the angels, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. The angels literally pulled Lot and got him out of the city. This is one of the differences that I see between angels and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside us and gives us information, but those angels are without they speak very strong words to us, words like a trumpet words. They pull Lot out of the city, literally took his hand and drug him out, and his wife and his two unmarried daughters. Verse 17, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, the angel said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Here we see once again that word consumed. See, that evil that you sit among will absolutely eat you alive. Some people think they will take pull the evil to God. That will not happen. What will happen is it will destroy you. I once told my mother, after my dad had died, my mother wouldn't quit carrying on and moaning. And I said to her, you can go down, but I'm not going to go down with you. And she came to her senses when I said that. And she looked at me and said, I don't want you to go down. Well, she straightened up. And she began to go forward from that point on. You can't live in the grief of the past. Actually, in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, Paul said to us, I would have that you sorrow not as the heathens sorrow who have no hope. Because you see, we believe in the resurrection. So we have hope. Death to us is just falling asleep. When the Lord returns, he'll return with a shout, the trump of the Lord the archangel of God, the dead in Christ will awaken from their sleep and rise to meet him in the air. Why are you so sorrowful? It's only for yourself. Not for the person who died, if that person belongs to God. 
So anyway, he says, lest she be consumed. Well, he told him to go to the mountain. Well, Lot just can't picture not being around people. So he is wanting to go to this little town. It's just a little one. Let me go there. So Lot says to those angels, Oh, no, not so, my lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it's a little one, just a little city. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. He's wanting to be around those people. Well, they're evil. But the angel accepted him and said, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, the little one, for which thou hast spoken. Haste thou, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the little city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities. God overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and all that grew upon the ground. Even all the grass was destroyed. In the uh, Great Tribulation, one of the plagues that comes will destroy all of the grass over one whole third of the earth. It will be destroyed. Verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. One of the things the angel told Paul, uh, told Lot, flee from the city and don't look back. Don't look back with longing over what you left. Go forward. His wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now Lot is Abraham's nephew. And Abraham doesn't live too far from Sodom. So Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot, his nephew, out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Now Lot wanted to stay in Zoar, but as soon as the fire and brimstone began to fall on Sodom, Lot got frightened and took his two daughters and fled to the mountain the way the angel told him in the first place. We are saved when we agree with God, when the Spirit of God shows us that which we are doing is sin.
Then after we believe, we put away those past acts, which are sins, and we no longer do those things. So it is with each of us and with each sin that we committed in the past. My mother had always enjoyed horoscope books. I was visiting at her house after I was born again, and I opened the kitchen cabinet. In that cabinet, there were four drinking mugs that I had given to my mother, and they had zodiac symbols on them. When I saw them after I was born again, I took a garbage bag and just began putting the mugs into a garbage bag. My mother was sitting there watching me. She said, What are you doing? Stop. You gave those to me. I want to keep those. You gave them to me. I didn't say a word. I didn't look at her. I just kept putting the mugs into the garbage bag. I took the garbage bag out into the alley and broke the mugs so no one else could use them and threw the mugs in the garbage dumpster. I went back into the house, and when I got into the house, she was just sitting there. Neither of us said a word. I got my Bible and read Deuteronomy chapter 18, starting at about verse 9 to my mother. Now, my mother and dad never had gone to church in my lifetime. There were no Bibles in our house. There was no background for her in church. But I took Deuteronomy 18 and read this to her. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. My mother sat there very silently and thought about that. And then she said, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She agreed with God. She agreed with God. I am absolutely certain with that second she was born again, agreeing with God. I went back to Dallas where I lived and my uncle wrote to me and he said, your mother has changed. She's really changed. That's what being born again is. We are changed by God when we agree with God.
Well, I've read to you today the scriptures in the Bible concerning homosexuals and lesbians. These are the inspired word of God. This is what God thinks about the matter. We can agree with him or we can disagree with him. But the children of God will agree with God. And those who agree with God will be saved and they will turn from their sins, from the past sins, once they realize it is a sin. So many churches today have quit teaching about sin. They want to teach happy things. I'm okay, you're okay, do what you want to do, God forgives you. That is a straight path to hell. I've seen people saved along my pathway for 40 years, and they're saved by things like this Deuteronomy passage, which shows them they're doing a sin. They're not saved by this other kind of thing where you can do whatever you want to, God forgives you. No, we turn from our sins. When Jesus, the woman taken in adultery, Jesus says, go and sin no more. And that's being born again. We agree with God. We go out as a new creature born again. And we hate the sins of the past when we think of them. We're ashamed of what we did. That's being born again. We are saved by the word of God. This is Joan Boney speaking. I have printed all these scriptures out for you so you can see everything that I've spoken today. You can even hear this broadcast again if you want to. Go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Be sure and put that word exhortation on it. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Look under podcast, which is on the right-hand side of the homepage. Click on that and it'll bring up all the broadcast and you will be able, if you so desire, to hear this recording again and to read all the scriptures that I have read to you today. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak with you today.